Set your phasers to sexy Welcome to another episode of True North Nerd! Yay! This week, uh, we're going to tackle the news, and we're going to talk a little bit about Wonder Woman 1984. Or is it Wonder Woman 84? It is Wonder Woman 84. With us today is Kevin. Hello! And Jen. Hi! And Ryan. Hello. So, Ryan, what's in the news? What's in the news? Okay, so, um, well, this was interesting. So, with uh, the, there's a a report, I guess, uh, Kevin, do you listen to this podcast uh, called Disney Dish? I do listen to the Disney Dish with Jim Hill. Then maybe you heard this. Because they have claimed that numerous old and new Star Wars characters will be debuting at both Disneyland and Disney World uh, in the Star Wars area. I did hear that. I've heard that on several Disney podcasts. And I think it makes sense, considering how popular The Mandalorian is and the characters that have come out of that show are, to have a place at Walt Disney World and Disneyland where they can be seen. And yes. yes, it breaks the timeline a bit for the storyline they've created for Batu, but I don't think that's um, I don't think that's a, a as big a deal as uh, people think it is. So, well, exactly. I think that can should that can and should be something that's malleable. As we like this year, it's in this timeline, and then you have regular stormtroopers running around. You know, so you still have the the two rides that the you know the rides are the rides, and you're not going to mm-hmm. change that, but. You know, having Boba Fett and Bo-Katan walk around, have the you know the Mandalorian and walk around with with Grogu, if they have a little animated uh, animatronic Grogu, oh my god, just the the crowds of people for that. <laughs> well, and plus the land is sort yeah. of divided into three sections. There's the Resistance, the First Order, and the Bounty Hunters. Right. The the Millennium Falcon ride is sort of right in the middle, and there's no reason why they couldn't change out the ride film on the Falcon ride to to change the time zone of that part of the land. Uh, I, I think it would be worth it. Um, I don't think people care as much about the new trilogy as uh, as they did a year ago <laughs> or or a year and a half ago. So. Um, I don't think people would be up in arms if, uh, especially there were photo ops and missions you could do with with the Mandalorian. Yeah, well, it sounds like uh, they're going to be replacing Kylo Ren's ship with the Razor Crest. Well, I, I that's so, a rumor. That's a rumor. Yeah, um, which I wouldn't but, be doing. They've made more or less the Razor Crest for filming anyway, so I'm sure it wouldn't be that hard for them to have made another couple for this, you know, to put up in the in the. In the the parks mm. you're right i i think it's a good idea especially since they've created such fantastic universe on television now to capitalize on that um i, like, I don't know if you can buy baby yoda merchandise at galaxy's edge right now um but i would think they would want to because i'm sure it's the best-selling character they have at the moment if you can't buy it at Galaxy's Edge, you can probably buy it at every other gift shop in in the park. Exactly, exactly. Because you know, well, we all know that when you go to like the Disney store now, it's like, well, there's the Baby Yoda section with a little bit of extra Star Wars stuff. Yeah, but if they had walk around, <laughs> if they'd walk around characters of the Mandalorian and Ahsoka and Cara Dune and you know all of those people. Then yeah. I th- I think I think it would uh, draw more even more people in, into the park. Yep, I agree. And, and Boba Fett. This... 
Of course, oh, Boba, Boba Fett. Boba Fett. Boba Fett. Where? Uh, so staying with Star Wars, uh, we had a big Star Wars release this week. The start of the High Republic era of Star Wars stuff. Uh, they had a trailer come out to announce the uh, to reannounce the initiative because they announced this like I feel like we got this more or less the same trailer months ago. Yeah, it was and supposed it to got roll out uh, during what ended up being the pandemic. Yeah. So this week uh, we got issue one of the uh, comic book of the main storyline comic book, mm. which I which I purchased. And it may be my geek pick. We'll have to wait and see. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's interesting. You know, they did this. You know, it's, it's a, it reminds me back when they did the uh, Shadows of the Empire rolling. Mm-hmm. Yes. Where you, you got the video game. You got other than you know, we don't, no video game this time, no toys this time. But it's like there's books. There's going to be well, all kinds of different all ages stuff, and we'll see. You know, I wouldn't be surprised if we end up with a movie. Well, isn't well? They haven't actually officially said anything about. Oh no, yes, the acolyte. Isn't that one supposed to be set in this era? I think uh, so. Yes, it's. A, it sounds like it might be at like the tail end of it. Yeah. And I wonder. So then, okay. So rolling into another another Star Wars news that we got today, uh, they announced that the writer of the Kevin Feige Star Wars project. Uh, is the same person that's written Doctor Strange 2 and the Loki TV series. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't have his name or her name, their name, because I'm a horrible person. <laughs> Michael Waldron. There you go. There Thank you, you Internet. Uh, so uh, I wonder if that, because they haven't announced what that project is, but then they haven't announced who's attached to this Acolyte project either. So I wonder. Oh, you think they might be connected? Possibly, who knows? You know, just a thought. Just throwing that out there. Uh, do do Okay. Oh, so Batman Beyond was trending the other day on uh, Twitter. Yeah. Uh, did you? Did we all hear about this? Yeah. The kerfuffle that happened. <laughs> so Brooks Barnes, who's a New York Times reporter, was was doing a, you know answering some tw- tweets and stuff like this, and someone had tweeted at him asking if there was. Um, going to be if Michael Keaton was supposed to be in more than one Batman or more than one D- upcoming DC film, and he misread the or misread the the tweet or something, and just he just answered back, you know, like a big all bold like Keaton, and the, then the internet took this as meaning that there's going to be more than one Batman movie that he's going to be because they've confirmed he's in the flash uh and that's it really now that we you know for after this but internet took it as meaning oh they're doing batman beyond mm-hmm. and it snowballed from there <laughs> who's got a squeaky chair that would be Jen. my chair is squeaky <laughs> and also that is my a cat squeaky chair just so everybody knows my chair is squeaky, and so is my cat. Uh, do do Oh, okay. So we'll stick with DC stuff since we're rolling here. Uh, DC announced that they plan on doing up to four theatrical releases and two HBO Max exclusives per year, starting in 2022. Mm-hmm. Which sounds very ambitious to me. Yeah, uh, too ambitious, almost. Yeah. Four movies and two like they. I guess you could make the same argument that you know, the Marvel is doing that this year, or yeah, this year four movies. And yeah, well, assuming they keep on track, yeah, yeah. But part of that is pandemic related too. Yes, and they and also rolling for a lot longer. Twelve years, you know, it's been twelve years of build up. Yeah, D- DC's problem is they they just sort of jump. They tried to jump in without, without the background. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Definitely. That's not the only problem going on over at Warner Brothers with DC and uh, and everything. No. Uh, so falling out of all that, uh, Ray Fisher, uh, cyborg from the Justice League movie, has come out and said that he will not 
uh, work on any Warner Brothers projects that are associated with the DC Films president, Walter Hamada. Uh, Walter Hamada just I guess, recently also announced that I guess renewed a four-year contract, I believe. Yep. Uh, and this is all going back to the investigation of the uh, all the issues from the filming of Justice League that involved Josh Whedon and then later on some allegations with Jeff Johns and all those other people. So it's, yeah, the whole big old mess over there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's been since reported mm-hmm. that he's not going to be in the flash. Like the cyborg yep. isn't in the flash. So eh. it's, it's a huge mess. Yeah. And, well, on that side of it, it's a huge mess. I don't know any of the details, and I don't know if I want to know any of the details. Yeah. Um, well, good on him for standing up for his principles. Um, okay, other. Oh, here's another movie studio. Um, anybody want to buy MGM Studios? Oh, I Not do. Really. I've got okay. an extra <laughs> couple billion dollars kicking around. Oh, a couple billion? <laughs> Not going to do it, sorry. Oh, Apparently, need- its price tag is more than $5 billion. Chump change. Yeah, the home of such <laughs> franchises as James Bond, Rocky, and I think they still have the rights to Stargate? Yeah. Yeah. But also, if memory serves me, this isn't the first time the studio has had problems. Uh, yeah, the, so they were bankrupt uh, a while ago. It's the the MGM bankruptcy, the the original one, where they I think they filed Chapter 11. They were, they were out of money. But to yeah. give you an idea of how bad things were, they did could not make a James Bond movie or The Hobbit because they they sort of had the rights to The Hobbit. That that's mm-hmm. a whole other story. But if you look at it, like they couldn't make The Hobbit after Lord of the Rings, and they couldn't make uh, I think it would have been the second or third Daniel Craig James Bond movie. So essentially, they did not have money to make money, right? Because <laughs> those movies are like there was no chance of them not making like their money back or very little. Um, so we have a couple, just a couple more little things here. Um, so we've had some confirmation question mark um, that Moon Knight will be played by Oscar Isaac. Hmm. Uh, this confirmation comes via an Instagram page post by uh, Gregory Middleton, um, who is a, apparently the cinematographer for the series. Mm. Um, I wonder how much longer he'll be the cinematographer for the series. <laughs> when he makes his post. He wasn't supposed to, to say that? Well, Disney hasn't made an official announcement yet. It just brings us back to the whole She-Hulk thing, right? Where she's never when she did like newspaper interviews, yeah. it was like, "Oh no, no, I don't know where that story came from." And then later on, it's like, "Okay, yeah, I I'm She-Hulk." After Disney announced it, because she is yeah. stupid. Yeah. So here's what he's contractually like, obligated. Yeah. It's like, well, the secret is out. It's an honor to be part of introducing a new character to the MCU. Who says cinematographers worry about white costumes? Not if they're they are complex characters played by an amazing performer like at official uh, Oscar Isaac. Sorry, I was trying to read his Twitter name and it's hard. Thank you, director Mohammed Daib and the hashtag MCU for inviting me aboard. And then later, one of his followers asked asked Middleton what that meant or if it meant that Isaac has had is confirmed to be Moon Knight he replied he is that's why he included the headline can't give any details of course not allowed it's like well dude you're the only person officially saying officially air quotes reporting that this is happening um I'm surprised <laughs> you're talking about not being allowed to talk about secrets sounds like you just gave away the biggest one mm-hmm. yeah, yeah so it's. It'll be curious to see how this shakes out. If this yeah. guy loses his job, or if it's a, like a case of like he may have thought that the press release was going out, but he, if that was the case, you would think that he uh, would have 
deleted the the uh, Instagram post by now. Yeah. Last I checked, it was still up there. Yeah. And I think let me just double check. <laughs> oh, excuse me, hiccup. But that might be it for me. Anybody else got any news? Uh, no, uh, actually, this it's been kind of a light week. It's been Christmas. It's teaser, been the holidays. A for a new Sims pack. Oh yeah. There's there's a teaser for a new Sims pack. Yeah, but I don't know any details until the twelfth. So all I know is that there's a teaser, and there's little ghosties, and people think it's going to be like a paranormal haunted house type of a pack. So first pack of 2020. Pack. Maybe, Maybe they did have in Sims 3 they had a ghost hunter job. And it was oh, yeah? really cool. Because you got to like go to the and it was kind of like being a ghostbuster. Like you had to zap them with like a laser gun and then oh, nice. suck them into a vacuum. Which oh, was fun. Go. So I'm kind of hoping they bring that busted ghosts too. Sorry. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> Isn't that how Luigi busted ghosts in Luigi's Haunted Mansion? Oh, yes, the vacuum? vacuum? Yes. Yeah, so I'm kind of hoping they bring back that job, but <clears throat> some of the other things that they had hinted at were things like having like a seance table, and I'm like, or being like a psychic sim, and I'm like, that would be fun. Or one of them was uh, you can be the Grim Reaper, like as a freelance career. You can be oh, deaf. Nice. And I'm like, I want that. <laughs> surprise, surprise. Like, you go around and you reap the souls of Sims, or they can pay you off and you give them more life. I'm like, that sounds awesome. I want to do that. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm so to uh, see what update the that that Instagram post is still up as we were recording this. So that's <laughs> been a good like, eight hours. He hasn't pulled it down. So. <laughs> the only Kevin, other you got anything, or are you good? It's not really news, but it was something that I discovered. I mentioned it in our group chat the other day. Is there's now a just a watch something button on my Netflix on my smart TV. It's a randomizer. You just hit it and it picks something that it thinks you're going to like. Uh, so I hit it the other day and it came up with a cooking competition show because I do watch a lot of cooking competition shows on Netflix. And uh, the other time I. I hit it. It was an episode of. It was the first episode of Cobra Kai. So like, it's chosen things for me that that I sort of agree with that I do want to watch. But there's hardly ever a time when I don't have something that I want to watch on my list. So, uh, but it's a fun little thing. And if you're just bored and looking for something to watch, try the uh, try the watch something button on Netflix now. It's just kind of cool. Peace. Our algorithm will be so messed up because Brent and I share a, a login. So like half of the uh, half of the shows that pop up are like cooking shows and you know nailed it or the crown or my little pony and then the other half is like Nazi death camps and <laughs> you know like historical documentaries it's going to uh they must think we're like a psychopath. You don't have separate <laughs> profiles? No. Nah. Well, I would try it and see what comes up. Maybe you'll get <laughs> Nazi death camp cooking ponies. cooking shows so <laughs> In light of uh, the events that happened yesterday, that's a that, that, that's a no. <laughs> uh, yeah, sorry about that. No, no worries. Joke. Yeah, you, you, not tasteless at all. Well, <laughs> yeah, it is kind of a tasteless joke, but are kind of tasteless. <laughs> um, kind of quality humor that people listen to this podcast for. Yeah. Sure. Welcome, sure, new listeners. Yeah, uh, we just turned <laughs> off 80% of people. Now to turn off the other 20, we don't like Trump either. <laughs> uh, all right, so let's kind of get into the meat of it. There might be spoilers. Um, we all saw Wonder Woman uh, 84. Mm -hmm. And um, well, let, let's start with Kevin, because actually I think Kevin was the first one of us to, to sit down and watch it. I watched it on Christmas night. Um, I got it, uh, I got it from Cineplex. I paid the 30 bucks, uh, just to treat myself. Now I think lots of people must have had the same idea because the movie kept buffering on me. Um, uh -oh. so I think uh -oh. a lot of people were watching Wonder Woman at the same time. Um, I've got, I've got mixed feelings about this movie because I loved the first Wonder Woman movie so much and I mm -hmm. wanted to love this one. 
And I think if I had seen it in a theater, I would love this one more. It's um, because I was at home by myself with lots of distractions. It didn't hold my attention all that much. And um, I just, uh, I just, um, I don't know. It, it wasn't quite up to my standard. <clears throat> okay, fair enough. Ryan, what did you think? Uh, I, I don't know, I enjoyed it. I thought it, uh, you know, it fits in with the rest of the DC movies. Like it holds its own. Uh, I think I still enjoyed. I might enjoy Wonder Woman the the first one more. Uh, but that's because it has a little more action. There's a, you know going on. What? But this one's not an action movie. It's yeah, you know, it's not a war movie. So it's not going to have as much action. But it's still it's a good movie. Like I enjoyed it. I'll watch it again. I'd recommend it to people. Jen. Fair enough. Jen. <laughs> I really enjoyed it. Um, honestly, it's been a long time since I saw the first one, so I don't really remember everything that happened in the first one. Uh, but I mean, I remembered enough to be able to follow the plot, no problem. But I really quite liked it. I went in with pretty low expectations just because um, it's a DC movie and that's what happens sometimes. Uh but I really liked that. Um, I really liked the characters, especially the villains. I thought Pedro Pascal and uh, um, Kristen Wiig were excellent. Um, and I liked that. I liked how they they like the MacGuffin device that brought um, Chris Pine back was like. I don't want to say believable because I mean it's a magic rock, but was yeah, it's a magical rock, rel- rock, but. Yeah, was was plot relevant and made sense. And I liked that uh, she was still, even though she's a superhero, she was human enough to give in to that moment of weakness and to have that struggle throughout the whole movie. Um, I think, I don't know, I, I really enjoyed it. I thought that the characters were really well developed. Uh, you could really feel like the bad guys weren't just bad for being bad. Like Kristen Wick's character, she was phenomenal all the way through. And I felt really kind of bad for her when she kind of turned bad and I was like no don't you're you're so good I like you and Pedro Pascal's <laughs> character even though he was the the villain of the movie um because of the whole subplot with his son and how all he wanted to do was make his son proud he made him a really uh likable villain so I well, kind of liked that they had he was they just had... trying to make his son proud no but it was part of it he, yeah he wanted to make his but he also yeah like it redeemed him a bit in the end, but he was still, he was a bad guy. Yeah, but, oh yeah, no, definitely. But I liked that he was a bad guy for a reason, not just because I want to be bad. He was a bad guy, or I want to be, okay, so lots of times when you're a villain, your villains are like, they want power, they want wealth, they have a grudge. Those are basically your main villain things, right? He wanted power and he wanted wealth, true, but he had a, a reason, like he didn't want it just for to be rich. He didn't want power just to be powerful. He had this uh alt- his this motivation in in his son of wanting to be um a person that his son could look up to. And so yes, he still had that drive for wealth and power, but at least it had a plausible reason for him having that drive for wealth and power. Same with Kristen Wiig's character. She wanted to not be the wallflower. She wanted to be confident, she wanted to be cool. Um and the way they developed her character, you could really see why those were the things that she desired and why when she finally got them, she did not want to give it up. And I think that that just made, even though they were the bad guys in the movie, it just really gave them layers and levels and it made them more enjoyable to watch. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, <laughs> yeah, for me, it's like, I'm very in the middle. Um, it was, uh, it was not the crap fest that everybody online seems to be making it out to be. Oh, it was not this, like the worst movie ever made. Not by a long shot. Um, it was the worst movie ever made. Yeah. There's a lot of people who hate this movie and um, I don't know. Maybe it's just the sign of the times with idiots. I think it's. I was say, I think a lot of that, those people are also the same people that were just like, oh, girl, Ghostbusters? Oh, definitely. Oh, yeah. That's definitely 
part of it. Um, but at the same time, for me, there there are kind of holes in it here and there. Like the the wish that his son makes, for instance, we we never really find out what that does. You know, like all the other wishes seem to have ramifications. That one what, doesn't. What was his really. wish? Uh, for his dad to get what he wanted or something like that. And so, like it, it was kind of a generic wish to begin with, and then like there was there seemed no repercussions from it, or at least that we see. It could have been yeah. something that was cut out of the movie. Well, and the thing, they, unless the reason that there were repercussions was because of Pedro Pascal wishes that, right? He's like, you, I give you what you wish, you give me what I wish. And so when his son wished that, he didn't want to take anything from his son, so there was no repercussion. Mm. I mean, that's one way you could look at it. Um, that is my question. What yeah. did Bruce Wayne in this world wish for? Yeah. <laughs> or at this point, abs. would he have been nowhere near any kind of media or television or radio and heard about the whole thing? Well, how old is he, Bruce Wayne in 1984? I don't know. How old is he in these movies? Right? Yeah, it's the the Ben Affleck, Bruce Wayne. He, I would say in the movies, he's about the same age as Ben Affleck, maybe a little bit younger. So in Batman vs. Superman, we'll say he's, what, maybe early 40s? Maybe mid 40s? Would that be fair? Yeah. So I yeah, put him in so, his early 20s in 84? Yeah. Yeah. So he could be on his. So yeah. So depending on you know on exactly how old he is, he could still be doing his globe uh, globe trotting, learning to be Batman. Or Mallrats is part of the DCU. <laughs> that was Bruce Wayne. He's hanging out in the mall. Uh... <laughs> Wanting with girls in the bum. Yeah, but that didn't come out in '84. <laughs> No, oh, I guess that would have been nineties. You're right. You're right. Yeah. See, <laughs> pop that bubble. Um, yeah, uh, it was like it reminded me a lot of like the Christopher Reeve Superman, but with like updated aesthetics. Obviously, like it looked better than that Superman did, but it had a similar kind of feel. Like it was very, yeah. it was very much a popcorn movie, yeah. which isn't the bad one thing that any. I, yeah. Now, I, I've watched a couple, like, videos and ideas on, and, like, little loose ends and stuff like that, and I do think there are bits of the script that were definitely victims of, oh, no, what are we going to do with the DCU? Like, it was, like, there was definitely spots, I think, that were meant for other things, or things were cut out, or supposed to be there that just had to be cut out due to justice league and everything going on around that film and everything else. Cause like it's one of the things I've read that I found really intriguing is apparently the the wishing stone is, was the, the gateway opener for the Sandman film that didn't happen. Hmm. That was originally supposed to be like the, the one of uh, the Dreamstones, like one of the, the uh, Morpheus's uh, tools that he loses when he gets captured. And I'm like, yeah, I can kind of see that. And then when that film didn't end up happening, they turned it into this other thing instead. The but, MacGuffin Stone. Yeah. On, on a whole, I thought the actors were really good. I thought oh, they were yeah, it was very well were cast. Yeah. that they had yeah. to deal with. Even Ugly Chris Pine was pretty good. Ugly Chris Pine. You know, the guy who played Ugly Chris Pine? Yeah. <laughs> Poor guy. He kind of looked like Christian Slater a little bit. He kind of did, yeah, now that you say that. <laughs> now, there is a whole bunch of people, you know, there's a group of people on the internet that have a whole issue with that part of the story, too, right? Oh, yeah, that, we were talking about that, too. Like, what the hell happened to that guy's soul? <laughs> yeah, like, all of a sudden, Chris Pine's just living in this other body, and they're, you know, 
having sex and all this was like all this thing, you know, stuff that this guy who knows well, we assume from seeing him at the end that he has no idea what's going on and is not aware yeah. of what his body is doing. But uh, <laughs> that I, think that is, I understand where that comes from, but at the same time, it's kind of like, eh, come on, guys, it's a movie with a magic wishing <laughs> rock. Exactly. Yeah. His like that body of his could have been transposed into another universe or something. It may actually have been Chris Pine's body. You know what I mean? And it's a temporal thing or something dumb like that. It's like there's a million ways you can write it as like it was okay. Like I, I I get it, but like there's yeah. Uh, I thought there was too little cheetah in the movie in a lot of ways. And part of me wonders if that's something else that got changed at some point. So you mean her as cheetah or just well, like her as a, as a cat woman or her, her with like superpowers? You know, see, I kind of like that. I like that that didn't come till the end because she was still kind of on the fence for a good chunk of the movie. Hmm. Of, like, a mortal woman trying suddenly having, you know, Wonder Woman's powers and trying to figure out what to do with them. So I kind of liked that. She was, she didn't go straight into supervillain until the very, very end. I'm also glad she didn't die. <laughs> if she died at the end of that movie, I would have pissed. Her witch, too, which was a little, like, I was a little surprised in some ways. Yeah. But... Yeah, it's like like it's it's good. It's fun. It's a decent watch. I'm not sure if you were kind of like Kevin, if you were on your own getting it for 30 bucks. I don't know if that it's worth it in that regard. But if you're splitting it between like a couple of people that like to where it's like a movie ticket, I'd say like, yeah, it's all right. I would go and see it again in theaters if theaters weren't uh, a death wish right now. Um, I think that it would have very... Open. Yeah, it would have benefited by being on the big screen a lot more. Um, I still, I enjoyed it. Um, there were a little couple little nitpicky things I disliked. Um, but overall, it was very good. I mean, and this is me who really doesn't like DC movies. So I went in with very low expectations. Because I was like, they they struck gold once with the first Wonder Woman. I'm like, odds of them doing it again are pretty low. <laughs> but I think they did really well. And we got Linda Carter for a cameo. Yep, I was surprised by oh, yeah, that. that was uh, I, I heard there was a bonus, you know, an extra, an extra scene. And when it was her, I was like, "Oh, that's kind of nice." So I was like, "I was kind of hoping for something that maybe more that it, you know, connected to other movies or something." But you know, seeing Linda I, Carter, I I said, okay, that's cool. Had the had this universe not sort of imploded upon itself. Yeah, but the thing about it for me was like. Oh yeah, it's Linda Carter. Like, oh shit, she didn't get a cameo in the last movie. That's actually the more surprising part. So the yeah. character that they say she is at the end, who is that? It's the uh, the immortal so they, they, woman who had the armor. Yeah, when they did the Legend of the Golden Armor, uh, they were saying that, um, I guess they thought the Amazons thought that the, that she had died and all that was left was her armor, but apparently she escaped and was fine uh, and is living somewhere else. Okay. So, uh, I wonder if that means that if on the table, a... I think I might've dozed off for a few minutes because I kind of <laughs> missed the whole part where she got golden armor. Yeah. I'm wondering if uh, they redo, um, if they do a third movie, if she'll come back. I wonder that she's in the earth. Yeah, it's uh... so. Yeah, overall, I would watch it again. I think that uh... I agree. I just wouldn't pay thirty dollars to watch it again. No, it was it was a nice treat for me for Christmas night. Uh, and once it's on a regular streaming service, I will be more than happy to watch it again. But, um, you know, if I had gone to the movie theater, I think I would have liked it more. If I'd been in a room with a crowd of people cheering and laughing yeah. at the inside jokes like the invisible plane and that kind of stuff. <laughs> um, 
I think and as I think, much as people shat on it on the internet, like it sounds like they're already greenlit the third one based off of how much it did. I think so. it might have almost crashed the HBO Max servers like that. Many yeah, watching I, I it. did hear that. Well, the it, Christmas is like it's one of those things that like the the four of us, for instance, don't really think about going to the movies at Christmas, but Christmas is a really big box office time. So uh, there were, uh, there were lots of times when I would go to the movies Christmas night. Oh, like, okay. The, yeah. The, um, all the sort of festivities would be over. We'd be done with dinner and sort of just sitting around and I'd be like, okay, I'm going to go to the movies. And I can't remember what the last movie I saw on a Christmas was, but I know that I have gone and seen movies on Christmas day. It might've been a musical or something. Well, we thought I had started never gone through with it. <laughs> yeah. Like I didn't I've never gone on Christmas Day, but my brother and I had started going on either Boxing Day or well Christmas Eve or Boxing Day depending on uh what his work schedule was like mm-hmm. and my work schedule and what was playing. Right. Uh, which was great yeah. when the when we were getting Star Wars movies at Christmas cuz for mm-hmm. those years we went and watched Star Wars on like Boxing Day or Christmas Eve. It was great. Sure. And again, it, it sort of leads to questions of where DC goes from here. We've mm. got multiple versions from multiple people who actually work there. So who knows? What is, <laughs> I, I think that they should they give up on go. the idea of a multiverse, like like other Marvel movies. I think they should give up on the DCU and just do standalone movies. Well, they're kind of the... If you listen to the the gentleman that uh, Ryan mentioned earlier, Walter Hamada, is they're doing a multiverse of films that it's going to be there might be two different Batman franchises going at the same time. Mm-hmm. Basically, it's oh, good because like, you know what we need is more Batman movies. They're not God going to connect it. them unless they feel they can do it. <laughs> hmm. Unless they decide to do Crisis again. Yeah, yeah, I guess. But hey, at least we're like Shazam 2's in the pipeline. The the Black Adam's being worked on slowly but surely, I guess. Uh, I hope this Flash movie actually finally sounds like it's coming together. Yeah. Do we know what the next DC movie is supposed to be? Is it the Batman? That will be the next one out, yeah. Because yeah, it's, a, it's like actually it. Unless you count the Snyder cut. Mm, I, I'm trying not to. <laughs> Do I have to go see another Batman movie? Or can yes, I skip so it? Maybe. Nope. Depends on uh, how light uh-huh. we are for oh, content on the Which on comes the, first, the Batman or the Suicide Squad? Oh. oh I forgot about Suicide Squad. <laughs> I think Suicide Squad. Now yeah, that you mentioned that Batman, I don't, think, I don't know if Batman's done filming yet, is it? I don't uh, think so. It's hard it to say they start so many times. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, the it's Suicide Squad I'm looking forward to. Yeah, that's that I'm looking forward to. I like With a lot of violence. <laughs> I don't know if I could take another Batman. <laughs> I, I just can't. What if it was you. Batman Beyond? That'd be Maybe, because that's not the same damn story over and over and over again. I would love to see a good sort of Batman detective story. Well, that's like, supposedly what the Batman might be. Well, we're I not want, getting its origin story. That's the good. one thing that Jen can look forward to about that film is like, I think we're. It will be in there. It will. They They can't not do a Batman story without that. They just can't. It might be in the credits or something. It will be in no. there somewhere. Do we know so who the villain is in the Batman? Is no, it perfect, perfect setup. So for what I've heard, and a lot of it's been showing, is we're supposed to think it's the Riddler, but it might he, he might be a villain, but not necessarily the main villain. Ah. Uh, is it Two-Face? I bet it's no, the Riddler and Two-Face. No, I... No, that's a different I one. I did hear what it was, but I can't remember now. I don't know. Do you remember Ryan? And he's just no. I, I didn't. Oh. I never heard who the other one was. Yeah, nuts. To well, that. Catwoman is in the movie, right? Yes, that yes. much we know. Because Zoe... and, and Penguin. 
Yeah. Oh, right. So Zoe Kravitz is playing Catwoman, right? And Colin Farrell is playing Penguin. So yep. apparently it takes like story points from the long Halloween is is the idea. Like it's not going to be a direct adaption. Right. But it, it does take ideas from it. So well, it's got Catwoman and Penguin. It sounds like it's uh, Batman 2. Yeah. It also has, also has the Riddler and maybe Two-Face. So there you go. Maybe it's Batman 3. It's Batman 2 and 3 mushed together. There Batman 15. Batman 5. Yeah. <laughs> no, they've already done a Batman 5. I'm sure of it. This is like Batman 32. 23. 23. Actually, yeah, they did do Batman <laughs> <laughs> Um <laughs> I'd love to see a Batman movie with the uh, with some of the old Batman '66 villains like Bookworm or Egghead or uh, King Tut. Tut. Pharaoh. King Tut. Yeah, yeah, King Tut. Huh? So I guess the... Or they actually brought him into the comics. Oh, like, wait, wait, that I was that might have been the same years ago, and nobody noticed and nobody cared. They brought, they brought a bunch the of those characters. King Tut. From the uh, oh. the, <laughs> I loved him in the in the old Batman. He was my favorite. They brought a bunch of them into the Arkham games. You mm. could fight, come across. I mean, Calendar Man was a character you could interact with in in one of them. Yeah, but he was he was an old school Batman villain. Like he was from the comics, going way back. But he, still, it's but... Calendar Man, Condiment King. That's who we need in the next film. If they brought King Tut back, though, he wouldn't be a dumpy middle-aged man in like a with with eyeliner on, like he was in Batman '66. They'd make him like some like cutting edge, you know, zombie or something. And well, even going same. further, wasn't wasn't King Tut like? Didn't he work at the museum and get bumped on the head and think he was King Tut? Like, exactly. wasn't that the idea behind it? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. See, they're not going to do that. They're going to find some horrific backstory that they can put on him and make him edgy instead of an overweight man who thinks he's King Tut, which is awesome. <laughs> victims, like, and not in the fun way that uh, the the one in the TV show did. <laughs> With toilet paper. <laughs> anyway, so uh, oh. overall review on Wonder Woman eighty four. It's pretty good, but m- your mileage may vary. It might not be worth thirty bucks. With that, we come to the end of this episode, and Geek Fix, who wants to go first? I will. Um, I think the best movie I saw this year was Soul. I thought it was beautiful, brilliant, and I watched that on Christmas Day as well, and it hit me in the feels uh, a whole lot harder than Wonder Woman did. It was. Ju- it's just a gorgeous film about the... Um, the meaning of life and what a what a person's purpose is. It's just fantastic. Uh, Pixar really oh, yeah. knocked it out of the park on this one, I think. Um, so uh, if you haven't seen Soul, they didn't put a premium price on it like they did with Mulan and like they're going to do with the upcoming uh, Disney animated feature Raya and the Last Dragon. It, it's just there. And um, it's worth the price of a Disney Plus subscription, I think. It's just it's just gorgeous. I agree. It, it, was, it fantastic was fantastic. Film. I completely agree with it. Um, if, uh, if, what if Souls had feelings in the Pixar tradition of what if Blake had feelings? Yeah, there uh, there is some there is there are some people who um, you know uh, who feel that having Tina Fey in the body of a black man um, sort of subverts any progress made on that on the on that sort of front but uh, yeah. i think it's just played for comedy and it's and it's funny and i think tina fey and jamie fox are both brilliant in this film um yeah because the oscar rules are so different this year it is eligible for oscars because it, it, it did play in some theaters but i think they're even scrubbing that rule i could see it i could see it um uh being nominated for best picture i think it's that good Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. That's it's, how it's I feel fantastic. about it. It's fantastic. Well, Does Trent Reznor we'll have to do a full take podcast home review. another Oscar? <laughs> he could. The score is gorgeous. Oh, yeah. It, it, yeah. Him and uh, uh, John Baptiste, who is, um, uh, uh, what's his name? Stephen, uh, Stephen Colbert's band leader. 
Oh yeah. He's the guy who wrote all the the uh, jazz songs for the film. So it was a little bit more authentic, which is probably good because as much as I think Trent Reznor is a brilliant composer and musician, jazz is a little outside his wheelhouse. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it was. I'm not sure. I'd be very curious to hear a kid's review on it, though. Because I don't know if a child could sit through it. It's not really a kid's movie. Yeah, which no. isn't necessarily a bad thing, but I just kind of think some people might want to know that going in. You know what I mean? I, like I, think, I think kids would appreciate it for the aesthetic. Like they may not quite get, grasp the plot as much as an adult would, but I think that they'd be okay watching it just because it's like bright colors and there's a little bit of physical comedy and, you know... I think that that's what they would take out of it more than the the overall meaning of it. But yeah, I don't. It's not definitely not for kids. And carrying on the Pixar tradition of, I didn't know that like the second half of the movie was going to be what it was. Like yeah, the, no trailer, the trailer really only gives you what like the first ten to fifteen minutes of that movie is. No spoilers. Not till yeah, the next time watched, we we talk about. I haven't this watched movie. it yet. So. Yeah, uh, it's 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 gorgeous. So um, I highly, highly recommend Soul. Yep. Who wants to go next? I'll go. Okay. I finished reading my first book of 2021. Wow. <laughs> it's Ooh. January. It's January the seventh, and I've already read one book. Um. So it's called Vicious by V. E. Schwab, and I've read other books by by V. E. Schwab. She is a fantastic, fantastic fantasy author. Um, so this one is called Vicious and it is kind of like an anti-hero theme. So it's, it's about these two guys who are college roommates and neither of them can be really described as a good person. Uh, and then they decide, they figure out that the world that they're, that they inhabit, um, has, uh, extraordinaries or EOs as they call it. And so it's like, kind of like people with mutant powers, like people have different types of powers and they're trying to figure out what makes a person develop these powers? Uh, so they figure out that it has to do with near-death experiences. So if you have a, if you basically die and come back, there's a pretty good chance you will come back with a, this one of these powers. So the book revolves around them investigating what makes an EO, and I don't think it's a spoiler to say that eventually they figure out how to give themselves powers, and then it's how they cope with these new powers that they have keeping in mind that they are not good people to begin with like neither of them are really moral upstanding people so it's really it's a really interesting read and um i just started the second book today so (laughs) i finished the first one immediately downloaded the second one from the library and uh yeah it's only i think that just the two books so i'm interested in reading the next book is called uh i can't remember what the second one's called the first one's vicious, and the second one is does not tell me on Goodreads. Something else that starts with a V. Anyway, that was a little bit of a bad way to end that. But anyway, you should read Vicious. It's fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Ryan, you teased your geek pick earlier in this episode. What is it? Oh, Vengeful. That's what it's called. The second book oh. is called Vengeful. Sorry. Okay, go ahead, Ryan. <laughs> Uh, well, yes, I did tease that I was going to use um, Star Wars High Republic number one as my geek pick, but I'm not. Oh. It's good, and you should probably check it out if you're into Star Wars, but my geek pick right now today is season three of Cobra Kai. If Ooh. you haven't started watching this series yet, which started off as a YouTube Red series and is now available on Netflix, uh, you, you should be watching Cobra Kai, like. Even if you didn't like or didn't care or don't remember uh, the Karate Kid films, uh, you should give this a shot. You'll probably enjoy it. There's all kinds of nostalgia feels in it. Especially if you remember watching those films as a kid. They did plenty of flashbacks and they explained to you what happened in the past to when it's needed to know, like when it involves uh, or when it affects the, the current story. 
and motivations of the characters. Uh, but yeah, so Brent, you should really be watching Cobra Kai. <laughs> You're not the only person tell, told me that. Our, our uh, friend Jason Agnew, uh, I was on a news talk with him not too long ago, and when we were jabbing off air, He's like, have you watched Cobra Kai yet? And I'm like, ah, I wasn't really a karate kid person. He's like, dude, you have to watch this. So I, I might give it a, a, a go in the next couple weeks. You can watch you really that should. one without me. I have no interest. No, Jen, Jen, you should watch it too. You'll enjoy it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man, trust me. All right. Have I I'll ever steered you wrong? Probably. No. <laughs> Maybe not intentionally. I won't. I'll say that you've never intentionally steered me wrong. How about that? Okay. Well, you you watched <laughs> uh, How I Met Your Mother, right? Yeah. And the whole part where they brought up the whole uh, what's his name um, Barney uh, thought that uh, that Johnny was the real Karate Kid and how he got screwed over and all that. I don't remember that part of it. Yes. Um, well, that's pretty much I think, what brought you know, the whole premise of this of this show is that it's, it's especially you know, a lot of it, especially early on, is from the point of view of, of you know Johnny's the main character and and you get to see how his life has evolved. And who's and Johnny? He was the he was the Cobra Kai kid in the oh, movies. I don't know what Cobra Kai is either. That's an evil dojo. Oh, okay. I've never seen Karate Kid. <laughs> oh, Jen. Jen, 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 Jen. You what? We've had this conversation before. I am a girl in the 80s. We did not watch that kind of stuff as girls in the 80s. I'm sorry, but we weren't as progressive as we are now. <laughs> anyway, Brent, what's your pick? Um, I'm uh, going uh, off with a, a comic book, and I'm not going with uh, um. It it was interesting. Well, okay. Sidebar, Ryan, are you going to get that uh, High Republic book monthly, or are you going to wait for trade? Uh, I don't know. I'll probably end up getting it monthly because I don't get any of the other Star Wars as trades. I get all my Star Wars as monthlies. So okay, fair enough. I'm on the fence. I haven't quite decided yet, but uh, it, it's it's good. It's interesting, but I like uh, I don't know. The other part of me is like I'm already getting a lot monthly. <laughs> I had a well, Batman to my poll, and I haven't so. done that in years. Yeah, um, I think trades are more rereadable though, so maybe get it. Yeah, that's also it is true. But right now, this is issue one, and it's already going for $20 online. Yeah, apparently. Side note, back issues are crazy right now, and like, and not in a good Speculator way. Speculator markets. This will not end well. <laughs> um, mine is, uh, I picked up the first issue of Eternals that uh, came out also this week from Marvel Comics. Um, it's really fascinating uh same team same writer who did uh that first run of darth vader and also worked on wicked and divine and photogram and a whole bunch of other really good books he's writing uh once and uh future right now which is excellent and it looks like he's trying to like he's doing a good job of cutting a lot of the everything to the necessary components, because the one thing that I had completely forgotten about, if you go back to Kirby's version of the Eternals, it's like a hundred characters. Like, like, and they even state that in this book, but it, it, he's doing a good job of focusing on like four. And it's, uh, I, I don't want to give too much away, but it, it might be worth, if you're into kind of like, the the Marvel God area, <laughs> for lack of a better term, it might be worth uh, giving a read. I, I'm thinking, and again, it's like, oh, do I do I get it in trade or do I get this added to my poll? But uh, I'm I'm leaning a little bit towards poll, but it, it might. I'm getting it one form or another at any rate. 
is it uh, is is the Eternals a big book right now because there's an Eternals movie coming out this fall? Yeah, well they put they pushed this, book should this have back come along out. with the movie because yeah, this, this was supposed to come, come out in November when film. the movie came out. Yeah, yeah. So and like the, I read it last character? night, it was okay. Is it Icarus and Macri and Thena and Cersei? Are those sort of your main four? Uh, no, Icarus not and Sprite. They are the main two, and the okay. uh, there's two or three others that make cameos. Because uh, coincidentally, Sprite is in the film, and oh. and do sort of like they do a good job of it, but Sprite is now a a woman. As opposed to uh, a male that has been portrayed as, and Sprite in the film is also female. So they they, Although they, they didn't did. really do a good job of illustrating Sprite as a female. No, it almost I, it didn't. Like it, that order came down maybe like too late in the art process. Yeah, <laughs> and they tried to cover it up, but they like they've already got six issues drawn, so there's only so much mm-hmm. they can do. I do completely agree with you on that, Jen, but. They, uh, they they do make a dialogue note of it. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's pretty good. Oh, and uh, King Giant Size King Conan. If you can find it, it might be a little hard to find because it came out like uh, a couple weeks ago now. It's a it's a Conan anthology to you know sort of celebrate the the Marvel run of Conan, completely ignoring the Dark Horse one in some ways. But like Chris Claremont writes a Conan story in it. And with uh, Steve McNiven drawing it. Ugh. Oh, no, wait, no. Steve McNiven draws the Roy Thomas story because it takes place. It, it takes place just before Roy Thomas's run on Conan before the uh, Roy Thomas, uh, Barry Windsor Smith run. And it's just so good. But the, the Claremont story is good in it, too. It's if you can find it and like Conan, that's that's another one. That's it for this episode. Uh, next episode, we will uh, we will talk about something. Wandavision. Oh yeah, oh, Wandavision. Wandavision. Yay! Deep by that point. So I'm next excited. Friday, as we record, next Friday is the debut of Wandavision. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I, I'm looking forward to seeing what it is because I yeah, really don't too. know. Yeah, I, I really like those two characters. Like, I liked them in the movies, and I felt that they could have done way more with them. So, I'm kind of glad to see them getting there. More than all the other shows that are coming out, I'm glad to see them getting a show. And one of my all time favorite Marvel characters is Monica Rambo, and I'm excited that she's um, uh, a recurring character on this uh, program. So, I'm excited. Should yeah, I was. Yeah, I was talking to, as a, a little bit of sidebar, I was talking to Nate Milton this week, and we were discussing the fact that uh, in in a weird way, Marvel, and I, it might be completely intentional, Marvel is starting to introduce a lot of the characters that you can make up a version of the Young Avengers with, or mix yes. it with champions. Yes. And that is, that is intriguing. He, uh, uh, Nate, if you're listening, I didn't forget. Nate wants as part of it though, cloak and dagger. Oh, because oh. Nate, Nate rather liked the uh, the actors who were in it. He said the show was kind of hit and miss, but the the actors did a good job. And like, mm-hmm. yeah, especially if you get full powered up cloak in kind of his comic costume or an adaptation of it. I, oh, I'm so down for that because that's one of my favorite looks for a comic character ever i wonder if we'll get the the cloak and dagger tv series on disney plus once um star uh, when star goes active for us i wouldn't be surprised isn't it on there to, oh no wait runaways is right runaways is but i don't think cloak and yeah. dagger is well they could just be holding it back as a, you know and then eventually you know, like and now we've added this because they gotta still keep adding stuff eventually right yeah i just yeah. wasn't sure if cloak and dagger was was a fox property because they are mutants technically or or what no but it was on it was uh, done well, on uh, it was on abc spark oh it was yeah yeah it's not on disney plus at the moment yeah because they even crossed over with uh runaways oh that's right yeah, those are two series that like we completely forgot about because they weren't as well broadcasted. 
Yeah. There's there are there are about four Marvel series that I just haven't watched at all. Between Cloak and Dagger, Runaways, I haven't watched Legion, which I hear was really good. And what was Ooh, that? Yeah. What was that? I watched the first season of that. That mutant weird. show that was on Fox, was it Gifted? called The Gifted? That was yeah. good. I enjoyed that one. I haven't watched that either. And uh and the I think we're getting the Hellstrom show that was on Hulu. Um that'll be on Star when it that, that got canceled after one season. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyways, we, we, so yep. as you heard, we got plenty to talk about, apparently. <laughs> yeah. We will be back in two weeks with WandaVision. So thanks Excellent. for listening, and uh, we will see you then. Bye. See ya. Bye. Thank you for listening to the True North Nerds. You can find us at truenorthnerds.com or on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at truenorthnerds. To contact one or any of the nerds, you can email them at truenorthnerds at gmail.com. Theme music provided by Kirby Crackle. You can find more of their music at kirbycracklemusic.com. If you like this show, please go to your podcast app of choice and rate and review us. 